podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey and you're listening to the guys of Coppin Frackers. And welcome to a brand new episode of Cop and Fracker, proudly powered by Just Like Media Group. I am your host for this episode, Chris, and today I am joined by an all-star cast of characters and Cop and members. I've got Harold, Julian, Mark, and Ellis. Uh, this evening we'll be discussing a fair few things. Uh, we've got this evening's performance uh, against Michelin in the Champions League. We've got to talk about the Sheffield United performance from Saturday and we're doing a quick look to the weekend as we preview our encounter with West Ham United. So uh, let's get stuck into it. Um, Harold, I'll start off with you. Um, fairly routine performance this evening in the Champions League. Yeah, it was. Um, there were some discussions in our group chat, as I always like to reference, about whether um, it was a it was a smooth game, whether it was a whether it was a, um, an easy game, I thought that game was plain sailing. Any game where I can use my phone throughout is is a is a is a pretty um, like plain sailing type of like easy game. Let's say um, there wasn't very much any threat. I, f- I think you can see that Michelin, bless him, um, pretty good in in uh, in Denmark, but maybe not so much here against the champions of England. Um, yeah, they'll they'll breadth of quality up front. You can see that. I think it says a lot. We won the game two 0 comfortably, but I think the main it says a lot, the fact that the main talking point is Fabinho going down injured. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a routine win for me. I didn't really feel worried at all. It's a, it's a big boost to have Alisson back. It's, I mean, we, I feel like some changes were premeditated anyway. So, uh, Hendo coming off at halftime for, for Genie and then the front three coming on, doing a reverse of the Ajax game. 
Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty bog standard, to be honest with you. Um, some disappointing performances, I have to say. The ball, the ball not sticking up with Origi and Minamino, pretty much like out of the game for most of it, with his touch failing him most of the time. And I feel like I've covered everything for the rest of the guys. So sorry about that, guys. But I don't know what to say now. But yeah, those are my thoughts on the game. Yeah, it was, it was pretty routine for me. No, some good talking points to come off from this game, really. I think in terms of uh, the overall attacking depth, really. Julian, I'll continue on this one. Um, it's very much a common case that we've seen with some of the attackers when they're given the chance to, to, to shine when they come into the eleven, uh, that they don't really take the chance and really deliver and grab the grab the ball by the horns. Probably Diogo Jota aside, as we, you know, we've seen his consistent quality over the past few weeks now. Uh, but in regards to Minamino and I guess in particular, more in particular, Divock Origi, how disappointed were you in their individual performances this evening? Um, more so with Origi than actually Minamino. Minamino, I felt like he was getting himself in good positions, but I felt like his final ball and his end product was letting him down, like I was referring to while the match was going on. But Origi, man, he was don't know, man. The ball just couldn't stick to him at all. Like I don't, I, don't, I can't. Remember, I don't think he had one clear cut chance in the game, um, which was quite disappointing. But yeah, man, he he doesn't look um, as fluid as like Minamino and Jota looks. But I'm, I was impressed, really impressed with Joao. Um, the fact that we have now have someone that can come off the bench and seem and seems very very reliable to get us a goal and put us in front, especially with our front three needing the rest. That's 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 got to be good to have, man. Like, I was really impressed with Shaq as well. I found him. He found, I feel like he found himself found found himself in good positions, dribbling, dribbling, um, creating chances. So yeah, man, I was pretty. Even though it was like like how we said a pretty bog standard like plain sailing game, I felt like there was opportunities there where we could have made more. But yeah, our final ball was just letting us down. Do you know what? Do you know what? I have to chime in here with Origi. Do you know what? Do you remember when we signed him originally? Yeah, and we loaned him back to Lille for a year. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in that year back when we loaned him, goal released their uh, worst league league on. Um, a team of the year, so like the worst eleven, and Origi wasn't there, and I was like, "Raw, like, come on, like, guys, don't do this." Like, the guy's all right, and the more I see him play for us, I'm like, you know what? I get it. He puts up disaster class. He gave us a goal, but for the whole like the rest of the 89 minutes that he's actually playing, he's just ah, uh, he's not. He's 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 literally vibes. Like, let me just let me just come and chill. But then on the bench, I saw him when he got subbed, and then Hendo went over to him. He yeah, looked, looked really moody, didn't he? He looked vexed. I was like, bro, what have you done? Like, you, what have you done to warrant this behavior, big man? Like, you've done niche. There's a, a the, the, a part of the game where um, Robertson was trying to like, break you through and looking for an attacker up front. And Arig was like in central midfield. And I'm like, bro, what's going on here? <laughs> can't... It, was, it was pretty bad. It was, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to get onto him too much, but yeah, it, no. it, wasn't, it wasn't a good performance, man. Like, the way the ball wasn't sticking getting stuck under his feet. He, like, had no, like, I, don't, I can't think of one positive, like, contribution, like, or even, like, chance-creating moment that he really had in the game. And that's quite upsetting, man. Yeah, it's, it, it does feel like the, the writing is kind of on the wall for, for Rigi, really, with his time at Liverpool. Um, you know, with, with more versatile options coming into the club and being able to play a kind of a breadth of positions, it, it kind of looks like his time might be up. Um but yeah, it, it it's a difficult one for him because I still remember the guy in Klopp's first season in sixteen seventeen when I don't know it was it was fifteen sixteen wasn't it? Fifteen sixteen yeah yeah fifteen sixteen before he got injured by that shit tackle from Funes Muri. 
he was absolutely sensational. You know, the pace was there and there was that element. Of, I mean, we've talked about it before that, that element of his game was really there, that creativity. And it's just, he's never really been able to recapture that form, which is really, which is quite sad to see, but he's, he's got iconic moments, which is, which is one of the things that you do want as a player for your career. Um, Els, I'll come to you. Alison Becker, what a guy. Oh, fam, what a beautiful man. Absolutely beautiful, man. At one point, I was going to give him my shoulders. Thank Jesus. <laughs> Thank Jesus that his shoulders are healed up. Um, there's an assurance for the fans and the team. Yeah. Um, never puts a foot wrong. Um, always comes for the ball. He's dominant. Um, there are times in a game where he just come out outside the six-yard box and he's decided to just punch the ball out of out like 20, 25 yards up the pitch. Um, it's a different assurance from Adrian, for instance. The um, a different, a, a different assurance. It's like it's night and day. It's not a doubt. Like when um, you know, Everton and Calvert Lewis scored that goal, and was talking about could Adrian do much more? Could he come out? I mean, you can see he, he could have. You can see with Allison, he's come out of his goal. He's just saying like, look, you lot are messing around with the ball. I'm just gonna squat everyone and just shut everything up and just, you know. Make it, make it mine, which is what you need from the goal. I know with Van Dijk leaving, you need that assurance at the back, and he he, he yeah. brings and he brings that. Um, I think he probably made one error where he missed, no, not miskicked it, but he kicked it and it went straight to one of the Michelin guys. But that was that was nothing in it. We sorted out. But yeah, apart from that, he's just he's just a oh, brother. I don't know. My words fell me, man. Words fell me for him. He's so good. He's different. He's different gravy, man. When you when you think about it, it's just. It, the way he was talking in the press conference yesterday, just saying the, the determination and how much effort and his, his faith, how his faith kind of played a part in him getting the recovery back about what four is generally about three, four weeks ahead of schedule, which yeah, is insane. Yeah, and then, insane. like you said, he, he comes out and at one point just punches the ball about 20 yards out. It's just it's he's like genuine, he's the genuine quality that we've been missing. Personally, he's the best goalkeeper that I've seen at Liverpool, personally. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Best goalkeeper. Yeah. I, I, I love, I love Reina, but it's not, it's not. Nah, it's not a contest. It's yeah. not a contest. Bashwan, Bashwan yeah. above the best goalkeeper we've ever had, and you can see it as the players play with him behind them. Like they're so assured of even Robertson's chance. So Robertson let the guy drift, and that was, I'm assuming he was trying to play offside, and it didn't pan out. But having Allison there as a safeguard just shows the quality is. He possesses like we're so assured that even if someone is racing for a goal one on one, like you've seen with Lacazette, Lacazette isn't the best striker in the world, but that was a great one on one chance to have. And he stood up so firm, stood up so firm today. He's just amazing. Oh, yeah. So, look, carrying on, especially with, like I said, Van Knight leaving. Then Reese William comes up at half, half come, sorry, comes on at half time. And you're still not too worried because you know you've got Allison. <laughs> It's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. He's just, yeah, man. He's different gravy, bro. Pound for pound, one of the best signings as well. Just a quick, uh, just a quick injury update on, um, on Fabino. So this was from Clock uh, about ten minutes ago. Uh, it's exactly the last thing we needed. I know he felt a hamstring, and that's not good. No shit. Uh, he said he could have played on, but no sprints, which doesn't help. <laughs> we will see. We will know. After, we will know more after a scan. We're bloody. Um, the number one customers at that hospital that we attend, aren't we? Jesus Christ! Yeah, I, there's I a video of Salah limping around after the match, limping into the tunnel. So, don't worry about him, man. He'll be fine. He'll be a tough guy, man. Built differently. I'm more worried about Salah limping. That that 
the moment he's he's like, oh, West Ham at home. Yeah, I, I normally bag here, and so right, I'll be playing. That's that's all of you. I I find it crazy on on the, on the centre back issue, how similar our season is becoming to City's last year. Our centre backs are falling like are dropping like flies. I think it's it's madness with the Fabinho one. You know what? I wasn't even mad. I feel like it was supposed to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's what it is, man. Yeah. I thought the the VVD one rocked me so much here yeah, that no one else getting injured. Yeah, like, no one uh, get injured other yeah. than yeah. Two, two, right two, two week, uh, t- a two week injury right now. It was quite calm when you think yeah. about yeah. it. When you put things yeah. in perspective, yeah. the video went down. I was actually like, you know what? Fair enough. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, man, it is what it is. You know what the weird thing is, Mars? Oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. No, so, so go on, go on, sorry. Yeah, he went down. I was like, I looked at my dad and I was like, oh, oh well. But what do you think, bro? From when I saw Van Dyke, yeah, when they said, oh, Van Dyke's out for the season, I just thought, fuck it, bro. Yeah. You know, I'm actually thinking, yeah, two weeks doesn't sound too bad. Like, you, well, you know what the funny thing is? Just just reading that back, if he would have put, if he would have had to play on today, he probably would have. Exactly. Can't play with no sprints. He's a, he's a joke, man. Why are these our player with no sprints? Like, what are you doing? Man's just doing shuttles. Do you know what? You know, like when keepers have an injury and they can't they can't kick the ball far, so they have another player come take the goal kick for them. It's not the same, Fabinho. We need you to run, my G. <laughs> like you need. To run. <laughs> um, but but on, on the injury as a whole, I think it's it's a blow. But I feel like we need to deal with this adversity. I feel like it's, it's going to come regardless, whether it's Matip. Hoping I'm, I'm hoping it's not Gomez. I think Gomez's injury will affect me more. Um, whether it's Matip, Fabinho, I feel like they're going to get a bit. They, they're going to fall. They're going to they're going to lose some games here and there. Like they're not Van Dyke. Like we need to know that. They're not as steady as him. So if it's a if if it's a Matip injury, I, I'm I've got memories in the bank for that one, so I'm sorted really. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, to yeah. be expected, but yeah. I think the good uh, I said I said the good thing. I thought Reese Williams when he came on was was fantastic. He's impressing me with every single appearance that he's getting on. He, and you know we're talking about people not taking the opportunities. He 100 is. I think the good thing is as well with Gomez, and I've, we've seen it from him before, especially when he was with Nat Phillips for um, one of the FA Cup games. He for Everton, yeah. Um, as opposed to when we saw from Dejan Lovren of times last season when he was playing next to a young centre-back. Gomez makes a really concerted effort to communicate a lot more with his defensive partner and guide them through the game and push them through. Yeah. So you I think for reason responsibility as well. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there, Chris. You always take responsibility. And I was just thinking, sorry, back to Fabinho. It's also good that we have international breaks. He's got time to recover. But yeah. um, on on Gomez, he definitely like he takes the onus on him, and I quite like it. Like today, I saw him against. I was waiting for him to go up against a good physical team. So that's what the Sheffield United was was about for me. Obviously, he played centre back against Ajax without VVD, but they weren't really physically imposing. So that aerial prowess has been something that I've been speaking on about, about our defence. And with, with Wout Van Dijk, we lack it in such a big way. But today, I felt like he came against a striker who's bigger than him, who's taller than him. Maybe not bigger than him, but taller than him at least. And he came up trumps. He won, he won, his, won his aerial duels well. He, he passed up from the back. He, he progressed play. That's, that's everything I want from my centre-back. And I feel like he gave, um, like gave uh, Reese a lot of a lot of like confidence. Just, you know what, let's listen, just coast along with me, which is... Pretty much what Gomez was doing for a lot of the time with VVD. And right. I think that stems from him being the younger two out of a centre back partnership and understanding what Van Dijk has done for him mm. and how much help that he needed when he first started off. Yeah. And he's been able to shed that onto the younger generation or the younger centre back. And it's really good to see. 
Yeah, I was gonna say I like how Reese Williams was proper comfy on the ball. Like it didn't mm. like, we know when you get that that young centre back that comes in that kind of just gets thrown in. They kind of had those times where the ball gets past them and there's that bit of uncertainty when they're even about to touch it. But he looked so comfortable. Um he was like, yeah, full of energy. Um he was actually physically physically getting this getting stuck in there as well. Like I rate that. And yeah, with Gomez, um, yeah, man, he yeah, yeah, apart from that one that one moment where he got kind of got turned a bit, which was a bit mad. But he had a yeah. very, very nice skill from that guy, though. Yeah, yeah. Nice. But the one where he tried to chip it near post. Yeah, yeah. 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 Gomez yeah. yeah. was very, very comfortable, very physically imposing. He kept a cool head as well. He's like that middle older brother that you have, like Therese Williams. Like, he's like the not the oldest, but he's the one that's like, no, nah, don't worry, man, it's calm. That's <laughs> yeah. why you know Julian has has grown up in the house of boys. It's calm, man. No way, man. That's that's how it was, and I and I, and I like that. But let's not. I hope. I hope it's not like um, a permanent centre back pairing though, because that that could get techie. It could get techie. Mm. Yeah, as much as we, um, as we get annoyed by Joe Matic for doing it in back at some point. Oh, I did get a bit. Uh, did get. I did get a bit shook when they brought that uh, that lad who was like six foot five and seventeen stone. I was like, oh, you fucking joking? Thomas Ajax though. When yeah, they brought, wow. some, they brought some lad on. He was like, he was a, he was a unit, man. I was they were talking about it on the commentary. They're like, they're like, oh yeah, they're bringing on this this striker that they signed. He's six foot five, seventeen stone. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like a wrestler, for goodness' sake. Yeah, literally, it was like. A- Fellas, like this is not the Royal Rumble. That's, that's in well, January. So. Listen, I, I asked for a trial, yeah. I looked at Reese Williams like, bro, get in the gym tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing you can say tomorrow. about him. How old is Reese Williams? 19. He's like 19. Yeah, he's, 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 Sorry? Yeah, man. Doesn't look too small, to be fair. No, no, he's small, but he's slight. Yeah, he's slim, bro. He's very slim. Proper slight. You feel like you can just if you, you can knock him off balance. You know what I mean? Like if if he comes up against Antonio on the weekend, oh, <laughs> luckily Antonio's out. Oh out boy, Antonio yeah, fa- right now, now. But that's that's the thing though. So like Antonio's injured, but then you got Ale, who is still yeah. fairly yeah. physical. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's he's it's not going to be as dynamic as Antonio is. Like I've seen Antonio bully three centre backs by himself. Nah, Ant- like, Antonio is part, Antonio part. is PNP personified. Personal. I mean, let's 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 get that. Let's get that out there. That, that guy is just the, the, the textbook definition of PMP. But uh, yeah, speaking of Reese Williams, he, he scored um he scored a goal for the under twenty threes at the weekend against Chelsea. And honestly, it was like literally the carbon copy of something Van Dyke would do. Literally, powered over scary. everyone. Scary. Yeah, yeah. Powerful man. It's ridiculous. But I mean, the other result in this group was a two-two draw uh, between Atalanta and Ajax. So we're very much in the, you know, we're very much heading the table for this one, and we're in the pole position. Uh, and away game against Atalanta up next. That'll be next week. Uh, I think that'll be next Wednesday. So what, what what would you say going into that game? Obviously, with some of the injury issues we do have, hopefully we'll have players back such as Matip. Tiago um, and Naby Keita. Not too sure if you can count on Naby Keita as much going into that game, uh, which is a bit of a shame. But would you go into that game with the intention of winning, or would you go into that game with the intention of taking a point away, a fairly tough and attacking opposition? I would say go into that game with the mindset of not losing. Just don't lose. You, you, if you mm. if you if you get three points, great. If you don't, it's not the end of the world, but just make sure you don't lose for me. They have to come back to Anfield right after. We have them, we have them um, back to back. If they, how much, how many points are they on? They're on four points. There's no mm. need for us to go gung ho and yeah, just literally just 
standard European away performance. There's no need for anything like that. I, for me, I just like to see a bit more rotation with our with our um, our regulars, apart from Allison. So um, I like to see Shimmy Cash playing a little bit more. I like to see Trent um, rested where possible, maybe taking off a little bit early or something like that. Just I, I just like to see a bit more rotation in that. I'm not too worried because we have so many games to make it right. And with us, this is. We don't really win two two out of two, really, in the Champions League. Or three out of three. Like we yeah, like this is even, fine. We, we like to leave it late. Like and even when we do, we just about scrape through and then we get a stupid draw. Or somehow we just about managed to finish top of the group with, on goal difference. So I'm not fretting about this. For me, I feel like we use this as some sort of rotation where we can get some rest and then we throw in our best players for the city game um on the Sunday following, I believe. I've got to be honest, I I I I think that's going there, win it. Um, yeah, I, man, mentality giants, man. Yeah, man. I also say that because I would want, I would want um, for our last two games, f- um, for our last two games, which are going to be the harder two games, which is Ajax and Atalanta at home. Um, out of the three, out of the three is is at home. So I'm like, I, I would rather have them wrap wrap up that the Champions League earlier, so we can concentrate on getting points on the board in the league more. Um, so I definitely think they should still go for it. And of course, man, like. We're, we're big boys out here, so we can't be just going into a game for a, for a draw. So I, I want, not full gung-ho, but I would like the front three to start, to definitely start that game. I think yeah, that I'm game... Is really, I think that's for the same sentiments, but I do get exactly what I was saying. That's not a game you can afford to lose. Like, I'm not expecting to go all guns blazing into the game. I'm expecting like a measured approach with a full starting lineup. So Henderson, Genie, and maybe someone else, Thiago, if he's fit and the standard front three. But I do want to go into the game and win it as early as possible. So top the group as early as possible, get qualified as early as possible so we can focus on the league. Yeah, I want I want to get it wrapped up as soon as possible because I think if any year you want to qualify as early as possible from your group stage, uh, this is the year to do it. Considering that, you know, we've got so much, the volume of matches that we've coming up in the league post the, post the international break is absolutely insane. So that festive period really does kick in from the end of November. So if we can get it all done, wrapped up, put a nice bow on it and we can play the rotational game, rotational players for the last game of that, I'm all for it. Um, but that, that Atalanta game is just going to be mad anyway just because of how they play football. I mean, they are so ridiculously gung-ho and attacking. It's, it's literally the hipster's dream. Like, our, our, our group is, to be honest, like, this is like football hipster's dream. Like, Atalanta, free-flowing, attacking football, Liverpool, free-flowing, attacking football, going head-to-head, which means it's, it's going to be a nil-nil draw, to be honest. So, <laughs> it's just, that's just how it works, isn't it? I was just about to say Julian was going to get his heavy metal football in that game, but if you're predicting a nil-nil draw, then boy, you know. I wouldn't be surprised because, honestly, that's how, that's how football works, isn't it? Like, you have two great attacking teams and they both nullify each other and ends up nil-nil. Whereas those, uh, those specific games, the Sky Sports always build up as like the, the, the match of the decade or the match of the century yeah, or something. Yeah. It's like a dead rubber nil-nil where there was like one shot on target and it was from 30 yards out. So it's like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's what happens, isn't it? Yeah, standard. But no, I'm glad we're all confident, especially for this for this Champions League, the or as we should call it, the, the, the Thomas Granamar uh, throwing coach uh, memorial group. <laughs> considering that is such a that's such a weird thing, considering he, he's done consultancy work for all four teams in the group. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> I don't know. I want to know what's built into his contracts at the moment. Just to be like, if someone from Ajax just calls and says, 
lad, what are uh, what Liverpool doing for their throwings? He's like, yeah, you know, I can't tell you that. <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's really sad? Yeah, I was thinking to myself, I would love to be his accountant. You know, I'll I'll love to just see the, the invoices he's putting out to these different companies. But don't <laughs> let me don't let me bore you with, with accountancy work. But yeah, that's just where my mind goes. What, what do you think? You got ten bags, ten bags of session fund. Man's teach him how to throw the ball far. That's all. He's basically telling man, you stand there, you stand there. So when he throws the ball, he has an option. It is. It's funny. I guarantee he's got a trap phone and a normal phone. He's like, yo, what are you saying? Yeah, you want to calm his vibe? Like a like a rigging up all the time. Vibe. Then on the other line, store. Hold on. Just let me do what. <laughs> oh, Hang on, I got a call on the other line. All right, Ajax, what's going on? <laughs> I would be interested. I'll tell you a little something. This is a guy I, I, I definitely love to have on the pod to see kind of, kind of his philosophy and, and how he does. I thought it was an interesting stat as well for um, for Midtjyllanders as well. A lot of their goals come, so they're, they're very. They're very analytical in how they play and how they analyse football. Uh, there was a really good piece in Athletic that I was reading about it. So obviously, I know they're part of the same ownership group as Brentford, um, and apparently, like about forty-five of their um, goals from the previous two seasons have come from set pieces. So the fact that we've dealt with that really well today, and that has been the slight Achilles heel um, coming into the season, even when Virgil's been here, it's, it's very good to see. And you know. There was there was a slight concern that not having fans at the game were playing to their um, were playing to their favour. So I'm very good. To, I'm, I'm very happy that we've been able to kind of overcome this because on paper it looks like an easy game, but when you've got people who are doing you know all, all sorts of bloody spreadsheets and stuff in the background, see analysing where all the weaknesses are, it gets a bit of a gets a bit of a pain in the ass then, doesn't it? So yeah, I want Netherlands as well. They played really well. Um, I feel like they created chances. Obviously, we have. I have slightly deferring views. I feel like that wasn't the greatest performance. It could have been better in certain aspects, but they played really well. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Yeah, yeah I thought. No, sorry, silence again, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I thought they pressed really well and they, they cut off our passing, especially in the first half. They really gave us something to think about. Um, Attacking-wise, they didn't have enough quality, but in regards mm. to the, the approach play, they, they, their pressing was really good. Um, again, like I said, they, they cut off our passing lanes. They really got on our touches. Like we said, Minamino didn't have a good... Like, his first touch was a bit poor. I think that was just testament to Mitchell and... They weren't really giving us time to think about anything. So I, I thought that I thought they played, especially first, I thought they played really well. Second half, they'd done all right. They started to tire out a bit, but they still had chances. Um, again, the quality wasn't there, but the approach play is really good. Yeah, completely agree. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the other game that we played this week um, against Sheffield United on Saturday. Um Let's just preface this with all saying that we watched it on an illegal stream. Uh, let's not be, you know, let's not be dishonest, people. We all did. Unless, no one paid the fifteen pound. Unless BT Sport are, are listening, then then we then we paid. <laughs> no, it was, it, was on, it was on Sky, wasn't it? Wasn't unless it? Sky are listening, and then we paid. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, charging fifteen pound for one game, 
fuck off. Um, it's it's yeah, it's it's, it's absurd to me. Um, the fact that you can pay for the, the fact that they're charging fifteen pound for a game is absolutely absurd to me. You know, with subscription based models the way they are, and the fact that you can probably stream it through Twitch. There's there's a whole different pot on that one. But um, so yeah, we are, <laughs> so so we came up against a an off form. Uh, for this season, um, Sheffield United team, who didn't look like an off-form Sheffield United team as soon as they went one goal ahead. Um, Harold, actually, I'll come to you on this one. Reminded me. <laughs> as, soon as, as, as soon as they went one goal ahead, I wasn't actually that worried because that's when the Liverpool from last season kicked in fully. Yeah. Just the... You know what? I, I almost forgot about this game. So... My goodness, that penalty, yeah? Oh, my days. It was so <laughs> oh ridiculous. Oh, my days. It was genuinely so ridiculous. Um, first of all, I didn't feel like it was a foul. I, I, genuinely, I, I genuinely thought it was, like, a, a fair tackle from Fabinho. And the next part, the fact that the VAR went to check it, they were like, they, they were only checking if it was a penalty, if it was on the line, which, okay, fair enough, it's on the line, Attacking advantage. I don't even know if that exists anymore with VAR, but that was there, and they got the penalty. But I was like, this, how are you not checking to see if it's a foul, first and foremost? I thought that was absolutely ludicrous. That was crazy. But honestly, since since Mane's offside last week, very little can shock me nowadays, isn't it? Like, I am, my mind is warped when it comes to VAR. I, I feel like our beautiful game is absolutely dusted. But anyway, you can you can listen to my um my my, my cynical thoughts on a Patreon pod sometime soon. Um, but yeah, as you were saying, after we were one nil down, regardless of this of the situation, we switched on and we did like we did last year, just about enough to get the victory. Salah could have made it a little bit more comfortable with us. He was a bit unfortunate to hit the post. Um, but yeah, that as well, which was an amazing, amazing finish. Say that again. I'm sorry. Unfortunately, have one ruled out as well, which was an amazing finish. The Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When he controlled it, he controlled it on his side and volleyed it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're very right. Um, yeah, yeah. He was, he was unfortunate for that. He he looks on it. Um, his goal record is 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 showing that as well this season. I think uh, Diogo Jota needs a needs a, a good a good shout out as well. He's performing, and I also want to talk about Mane and how much he's in, he's improved his weak foot ability. This when he first came, I don't know if you guys noticed, but he used to he used to put loads of emphasis on his left foot. And I used to always question it, like, why would you always do this? Very similar to Lalana, but as the more, he, the more he did it, he got more comfortable with it, and he's shown way more ability with his weak foot. And that's something that I feel like every player at the top level should work on their weaker foot because what else are you doing apart from banging ball? You should be able to do it with both feet. That's my own opinion. Whether that's a little bit obtuse, I don't know, but anyway, I let you guys in the, I let your listeners decide. So I saw him putting so many good balls with his left foot, two Jota, two Firmino, two Salah, and they're just great quality and that it came up trumps again so that's another that's another string to his both that's the saying um he's he's performing well again this season he just looks like he just wants to push on but it was a it was a champions performance once again man it was it was it was great to see yeah there were certain there were certain elements in that game where it did look like uh Fabino was very much a defensive midfielder playing center back uh Els I'll come to you on this um as we saw, to, you know, unfortunately, we didn't see it tonight. But if you were tasked with a Gomez and Fabinho centre back partnership from now until the January transfer window, how would you feel about that? Um, I wouldn't be too edgy. That no problem. Uh, sorry, sorry. That no problem. <laughs> Ain't no problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, no, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't feel too edgy because they're both fantastic players. And um, Fabinho, who used to be a right-back, has plenty of defensive mouths. Again, our problem is just like availability and injury like, at any minute. We don't know which one of them is going to... Well, now we do know because one of them did fall down and injured himself. So, but yeah, well, I, would, I wouldn't be too well because I think they're, they're very good very good players. The only, the only worry I do have is um, the aerialability of both. Obviously, they're not as commanding yeah, yeah, as yeah. BBB. But... Um, or Matip, even. Or, or Matip. Or, or Matip. Because Matip is pretty good in there, to be fair yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, so, the, um, yeah the, Go, the Gomez... Um, so, I don't know if you all saw that athletic piece that came out earlier in the week where it was just... Um, it was by James Pierce, friend of the pod, who was assessing centre-back options going in. Let me try and pull up the Peter chart if I have it on my phone. Oh, yeah, there, there we go. So, it's like Joel Matip... Not Joel Matip. Uh, Joe Gomez, he's open play headers, ranked out of 164. What's that based on? You know, it's a uh, it's data from smarter scouts. So if you compare that to, so just just for just for comparison, Virgil Van Dijk's open play head is in ninety four, and uh, Joel Matthews is in ninety eight. Matthews ninety eight. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty, yeah, he, deceptively, he's very good. Yeah. Okay. Even, wow. even, and again, again, I think David said in a group chat on on Saturday, which was very, which kind of like resonated with me, is that his anticipation. Like he doesn't clock when the ball's in the air. It's like he's always waiting. And, and that just stems from his awareness. Even when I was playing that right back, I remember there was a goal um, Sunday scored when we beat um, 4-3, I think. Oh, yeah, 17-18. Yeah, and he just didn't I know, know what you the, mean. You know what I'm saying? Didn't know where the ball was. Like, he's all looking around. And before he, before he's, like, settled, the ball's in the back of the net. So I, f- I feel that is probably partly the reason because he's very athletic. He's very athletic. He's very quick. He's powerful. So there isn't a reason why he can't win enough headers. And he won a few headers today, so it, it is there. It's just his awareness. I definitely feel like in the centre... Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I definitely no, feel like in the centre-back pairing, especially with Van Dijk, I don't think that's his primary job. So he kind of needs a bit more experience in being the one to head the things away. Because when, it, when he is playing next to Van Dijk, his, kind of, his job is, is much, pretty much for recovery and for being that physical presence in the midfield. And then even in um, even in the even in Moscow, um, when we have corners, he's not even in the box um, to get the headers in. So I definitely do feel like his function in the team isn't to you know clear the ball and get headers. But when we're in dire times now, like Joe Gomez has to step up and do that. Yeah, I think you're not gonna. I think, I think the thing with Gomez as well, you're not gonna face Calvert Lewin and Oli McBurney week in week out. I think that's the positive thing. Those two people, those two players, are very very good aerially. I think my Bernie, I think he won about 12 or 15 aerials or something crazy like that from the weekend. So he played, he played really well. I mean, the, the real test is going to be when you come up against someone like a, you know, an absolute bastard who's like a Mitrovic mm-hmm. or when, or when we do end up playing Newcastle and, you know, Steve Bruce basically goes, Andy Carroll, go, go and have a, go and have a free for all up front. I feel like, no, but the thing is with our league, it's, it's very, it's very physical and, Despite whether they're they're that prevalent in the air, they're they're still quite imposing. So that is something that I, I need to see a bit more of. I saw it today, to be fair, on Joe Gomez today um, against that strike. I don't know who it was for 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 Michelin, where he literally barged him off the ball. He fell to the ground, collected the ball, and then progressed play. And then that's something Van Dijk does with ease, like literally. Yeah, literally, it's so easy, and we get, we're giving him plaudits for that. I think it was in the Brighton game against Connolly when he heads it to himself and then and then, and then passes it clear. So that's something from Joe, Joe Gomez I really want to see more, but I feel like 
maybe I'm just I'm just trying to be optimistic about it, but I feel like it is getting better. And Julian is right. There is a part of him. He's like, Van Dyke's job is to be that, that the guy who clears the ball in the air. That's his job. So if that's your job, I'm not really trying to waste my time doing your job because I don't, I don't really need to do that. However, it doesn't really work like that. And you, I feel like you do, he, that's something that he, he can work on. Like his, his anticipation, like 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 um like David and, and Ellis were saying. And also his awareness, but also just his, just his jumping, just, just his vertical. Like sometimes I just feel like he, I feel like he just doesn't jump high enough. And this is this is very. Uh, I, hit, I, 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 I hit much. the gym or chest, no legs. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping is just something that my people are good at. That's all I'm going to say in it. It's true, though. It's true. It is true. Like I mean, even even long jump and high jump and triple jumpers. They the, the best of them, I can't lie, are black. It's just, there's not this it's not a, it's not like it's not rocket science, you know. What I mean the fast fit fibers are working out there. So I, I want to see a bit more from, from Gomez in, in that regard. Yeah, that, I think that's completely fair. Um also with the comments that were made against uh, people of certain ethnicities being very good at certain uh, things. I do not attach <laughs> any association of that to me whatsoever. <laughs> I have to do with this. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, but no, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think the way I, I've, I, I'm looking at it with, with with Gomez is so you know when you're you're at work and someone in your team leaves, um, and then you're having to do their job as well for like the next kind of two three weeks until you find a replacement. It's kind of like that, really. It's like I, I've never really had to deal with that stuff because it's been Ben's job. But now Ben's gone, I have to pick up some of Ben's yeah. work, and I don't really know what's going <laughs> on. Gomez is like, listen, now I'll do it in it, but. Just don't expect a lot. Don't expect a lot. Karen, do you know where Ben uh, leaves it in? The, what folder he leaves it in? I'm not too sure. <laughs> did, did, he, did, did, he, did he send over his files? Have you got access to his emails? <laughs> yeah, that's, where, that's the position he is right now, man. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an odd one. Um, we did see a formation change that game, which I thought was very telling and very interesting. So I think it was more of a... I have more attacking options at the moment than I do midfield options who are currently within defence and defence options that are currently not playing at the moment. So we know the club does fancy a little bit of 4-2-3-1, four, four, going back to his Dortmund days and currently as is. Um, so how do you think that fared out? Because for me personally, I think the first half was very much a lot of people... It was it was players being the victims of their own versatility, versatility got there in the end, um, in the first half, with people popping up in positions they weren't really fond of. Jota on the right, I wasn't a fan of, um, and it just got a little bit, it got a little bit, bit weird really until until we got the, the equalising goal. So how do you guys feel about that formation going forward? I did not like it. Yeah, I didn't like it either. I feel like first half it was absolutely shambolic. Um, the chemistry wasn't there people weren't in the right place like you said they were popping up in positions where they weren't really adjusted to um, I wouldn't want to see Yota on the right again ideally if we do do it I want to see Jumani on the left Salah on the right Yota and Bobby interchangeable 9 and 10 probably Bobby up top as a 9 he played basically the same way he played as a 10 as a 9 on against Sheffield United. Um, I also don't want to see Genie and uh, Henderson double pivot because <laughs> <laughs> I love Genie. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Genie. You have to always start with love in it. Joe Budden taught me. Start with love. Curious case <laughs> of Genie Wijnaldum. He begins again. <laughs> but his progression of the ball isn't the best. 
And when you have two people in midfield, yeah. Is that what you're gonna say, Mark? Come on, man. What's Start this? Get off the I'm fence, always, man. I call his spinners in your bum. Get off the fence. <laughs> we said we said we said on Saturday that this was Ginny in midfield. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody gets the ball, and just holds on to it for like ten seconds. Yeah, like... like literally takes so long to move the ball. And when you have two people in midfield, one of them needs to be a better passer than the other, or needs to be more incisive than the other. Because if that's the case. Bobby's gonna have to drop again as deep as he has been dropping for however long, and we've been. He was doing he was doing that a lot in the first half, wasn't he? Yeah, you know, we, you, it felt like we were a midfielder light, and he was like, "Okay, cool. I have to pull back and I have to do a little bit more of the work." Yeah. So I completely get where you're coming from, that. So if you take out Ginny and you put in Thiago, that mm-hmm. probably solves that off rip. Oh, easily, bro. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> That is absolutely beautiful. Even even the thought of it is beautiful. Do you know what? I was shaped in the in the first half. I was speaking on it. It didn't feel like a four two three one at all. It felt like a four two four because we literally you could see you could see Jota far left, Mane inside, uh, Firmino inside right, and then Salah far right. That's how it felt like we were lining up. When it came to picking up the ball, I, I was like, Bobby was was trying to drop deep, and then Jota was trying to drop deep, but then when Jota did it. It's just, it's not as good as when Bobby does it. So I was like, why did they swap roles in this regard? And I, I thought that was a little bit strange. Like it took a bl- little bit of a time for them to get in. I feel like Jota is just so keen to impress that he's gonna he's gonna tr- always try and do something like progressive on the ball. And I love him for it. And it's 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 a it's a welcome it's it's welcome to um to, to my viewing. I just felt like it didn't it didn't it didn't work. So yeah, following on from what Marcus said, it didn't work at all. We should just stick to what we know. The three up front. And then if you really want to persist with Bobby, and I feel like he can, he can, he can be dropped one day. Well, <clears throat> he can be dropped one, one day. Like, Not one day, West Ham. He can be dropped. Do you see yeah. his mid today? Like, I mean, ah. yeah. Let me yeah. not, let me Why not would you drop him for West Ham? No, no, no. So, I, who's, I, so who's playing off no, no, for West Ham then, Mark? Yota, false name. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. But he doesn't play there, though. I think he could do a job there. Bro, you might want to always think he can do a job. When Firmino is blasting over the bar, yeah, when it's rolled across from him, yeah. I get that. I get that. Arnold, and you're scoring goals every time he's playing. No, no, I get that, but like, I'd rather keep players where they're really good at. Do you know what I'm saying? I do get it, though. I do get it. You know what I'm saying? Even like, I think there was a tweet, I think I put in from Simon, Simon Brandish. He was was like, why would you want to put Salah as a CF when he does his most devastating work on the right wing? No, 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 no. He also does very well as a striker. As, but as not, a he does, but then you're cutting out our our attacking prowess from the right. He also so, does, not, 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 not necessarily though. But it drops though. But it drops. I mean, it drops because we haven't yet had it without Jota being in the team. So we haven't yet tried this out yet. We are. We've always said that if I really like Salah as a forward because I feel like he he does everything great as as a forward like he's very strong and people don't realize it he's great he's a good finisher he scores goals etc play him up front play Mane on the right like we've been speaking about for a while and oh, then play to the too. left that I'll is do that. it would be, be nice to see it do you know what I mean like yeah, he's I'll coming out different things let's see it but I feel like there is 
there is this like reluctance for for Bobby to be dropped from the starting eleven. I just want to see it for one game. Like I get that like Klopp really likes him. I get it. But I just want to see the shape for just one game. Yeah, one game. No, I get that. I, I agree. Like I agree with you. Like, I'm not just, Mark. Don't get me wrong. I feel that we should drop Bobby. Just to like get people in the right position so that we can get the best. You know what I'm out. saying, which I, get, best. which I do get, but see, when I'm saying, for example, a front three of Yota, uh, Mane, and Salah, for me, that's an interchangeable front three. All three yeah. in all three positions, all three can pop up wherever, and that's exactly what I've been screaming for a while. I've been saying since last year, I want a flexible front four, I want a number 10 that can also play out on the well, be comfortable out on the left, out on the right, and up top. And in Yota, I feel like we've got that. So even if it is a thing where I say Yota is a false nine, the flexibility in his tactical IQ will mean he shifts all over the pitch. Salah will also shift all over the pitch. Mane will pick up whatever spaces he can see fit. Yeah, but if you're if you're the rest of the team and you've just got these three lads who are consistently swapping swapping over, let's say you're Robertson and you're expecting Mane to be on the left hand side, and for some reason you got Salah there, you're thinking, "Fucking hell, what's going on here?" Yeah, true. You, you, you kind of lose that reliability. I think sometimes you can be a, a victim of the versatility, if that makes sense. I mean, you can only have about two of them floating and then one doing their real job, if that makes sense as well. Yeah. yeah. It is an odd one. It is, but yeah, to be fair, to be fair to Bobby, man, he's, Bobby's done his bit in it. Maybe he's played a bit too many he's games. He's a break, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, he probably needs a break. You know what I'm saying? But I'm a big fan of Salah up front. I prefer Salah up front to Mane up front. And I really want to see it just because I feel that Salah Salah can turn into like an Aguarian light. Low centre of gravity, bare quick across the ground, bare strong. It will take a lot to move Salah. A lot to move. I feel like he played really well on Saturday as well. Did you see, I'm not too sure if you remember, but the one that hit the post? Where he yeah. someone yeah. dribbled past and then he tried to flick it off the post. Obviously, he could have squared it to Mane, but his ability on the ball and his strength in his turn of pace is so ridiculous. Like to do that in such a short space just shows how world class he is. And I'm yeah. not hearing anything else other than world class when you mention the boy's name in it. Puts even even at like, even at like Mane, fam, them two are dangerous, bro. Um <laughs> I love playing with them, fam. Brute African strength and running at you, fam. I saw that goal against Ajax <laughs> for the first time today because I didn't. Man, that. You that, saw it done. That control of his knee was with his knee. He has that that on P and P, but that European great at the same time, fam. He's just so ah, oh, my days. Money is easy, different gravy. Imagine him running at you, fam, with his big fights, fam. Just don't know what to do. Like unpredictable with the ball. Like he gets the ball. You don't know if he's going to touch him with his spine or his foot. You don't know what he's done. Or his calf. Like, it's mad. Like, he's so good. So, so good. I'm causing trouble. He's, he's dangerous, man. Even when he come on, obviously, both of them, I don't think they play like, they weren't as good as, but he just, they just come on in it. But even then, they're so dangerous for running behind. I thought so for the right back and the left back. Even at the left back for Michelin. Like, at, at one point, you thought, yeah, I've got the best of him. Next thing you know, boom, again, he's just in behind me. Flip it. I've got to take out his Achilles, man. Because it's too much. I can't I can't do it no more, Ralph. I can't tie it. Please. No, <laughs> no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're never a dangerous man. Bro, he'd be the worst player to go to go at you for like 90 minutes. It's even worse because like you've been doing a full shift. So like, Mane off the bench is probably one of the worst possible things ever yeah. you could see. 
Like, then alluding to what Abe said about working on his left foot, sorry, was it Harold that said working yeah, on his left yeah. foot as well? Um, when you have a player that is so explosive, do you remember Norwich when he came on after AFCON and he was so explosive? Like, he looks like he looked like a monster. And the fact that he can go both ways and he's so explosive, he's so quick, so dynamic with what he does, how do you defend against that? Because you try to sit off and try to see what he does first, but he's already gone past you. You can't, even, you can't even foul him either because he stays he bowled, up. Right? He off of him. Exactly. So like I was reading the tactical piece about the Sheffield United game and what they were trying to do to negate Mane's one-on-one ability. And they basically highlighted it as one of our best ways of breaking down a low block. They brought Sanderberg over every single time and he was like shepherding that right side so Mane couldn't cut in. But then he gets across with his left foot perfectly for Yota's head for the winner. No, it's not about money. It's like he only gets fouls when he when he wants to get fouled. Like that's the only time he goes down. Like any other time, he just powering past you. When he when he thinks, oh, you know what? I want a young free kick killer. This is like a good position. He'll go down and start and start like faking it. Like I love him, man. He's just he's so good, so so good at what he does, man. Like incredible, incredible. Not ridiculously good footballer, man. Um, yeah, the Sheffield United performance. I thought second half was was really good. Um, it, it, it's weird I think as soon as we scored the first goal you saw how much confidence that gave Bobby as well in terms of his ability to kind of like drop back and go go forward a lot more and the team really kicked on too so, so hopefully we can see this, see this a lot more going to West Ham so speaking of West Ham let's quickly do a little bit of a preview for that uh, no Mika Antonio they have been in a very very good reign of form um, I'm absolutely terrified of Jared Bowen more than anyone on that team that guy is something else, man. Extremely good. Extremely good baller. And mm. such a pinch. I swear they got him from Leeds, innit? Uh, right. Hole. Hole, sorry. Hole. The championship. The they brought him up, yeah. But he seems like a really, really good buyer for them. He's really, really good in the attacking sense. Wonder a left foot. Football IQ is there. Yeah. Amazing signing for them. Benarama started yet? What, sorry? Benarama. No, not yet. Mm, he might. Not yet. Oh, he stuff. might. He might, I think he might be fit for this game. Mm. That's an interesting one. With this, with this game, I definitely feel like um, uh, our our fullbacks have to be on it. And to be fair, this season I've been quite impressed with Trent. He's not been um, so adamant to get. Um, it might be by instruction, but I've seen recently he's more on the defensive side than he is on the trying to get forward and then get across. In that, I think he's kind of given that responsibility more to Robertson. It might be by design or by by like just pure luck. So I've, I I want this is like that against that Bowen kid. Um, he's gonna yeah he's gonna he's gonna have a, he's gonna have a, he's gonna have his handfuls. Like he's gonna be a, he's gonna have to block a block off the crosses in case Antonio's Antonio's fit for the game. He's gonna to have to block off those crosses so to make sure that Antonio is not able to get the ball and stick with it. I think I'm quite confident, even with um Ben Arama playing um with Robertson, because Robertson, best left back in the world for me. Um for everyone should to be honest, he should be. No doubt. He's I don't think someone like Ben Arama is gonna give Robert Robertson the a hard day on Saturday, but it remains to be seen. There's a there's a theory that you could play Ben Rama up front, but nah. I nah. wouldn't. I think they'll, they'll do Haller up front. Uh, I've been quietly impressed with Declan Rice the past few appearances. I thought he's played, he's played really well. I think the, the weird thing with him is with, with Long Green there. Um, he could be more basmati if he played centre back. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, Declan Rice. I feel like if, especially with our pressing and our game getting pressed, if you put him under pressure, that's when yeah, he'll yeah, make mistakes. He'll make errors. Right. He'll turn over the ball in 
areas further up the pitch, and then we should be able to dominate from there. Are you all starting Thiago if he's available for you? Yeah. On yeah. the P. Yeah. 100%. Get the boy Can't in. Wait. If he's 80%, I think his pressing and his quality will get him through the game. Oh, yeah, for sure. He, 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 he doesn't he does he need to... Don't press anything, bro. Just sit there and just spray. Yeah, just spray. Sit there, the sit there and just, just run pink. the game. Metronome. If that's one thing that West and West Ham's midfield isn't good at doing, I don't think they're great pressers. I think they're very... When they get the counter attack and they, they they're able to string a few passes together, that's where most of their goals and their chances come from. So if we're able to just keep the ball away from them and when they get it, press them heavy, then I think we'll we'll be okay to block it off. And also with the fullbacks, especially Trent blocking off crosses to the to the striker. We were also saying that we want to start Tiago. What midfield trio would we go with? Ideally, I would want to go with Tiago, Hendo, Genie. I do. Uh, I do. I do. Thiago in the six, um, Hendo, and probably Curtis yeah. Jones. Yeah, Curtis Jones. Ooh. Okay. It's oh, at home, so I think I feel I can get away with it. I wouldn't play Thiago in the six though. I, I'll put, huh? I, I wouldn't play Thiago in the six. I'll put uh, Genie, Genie, Thiago, and Henderson, and yeah. Hendo in the six. Yeah, man. I do like Hendo on the right though. I like. I love Hendo on the right. I love the protection he gives Trent. I love how he gets forward. I love. That's like, like Genie, that's like Genie number six because he's he's quite good with progressing with not progressing with the ball, but he's quite good at you know if he if especially if Declan Rice gets the ball and tries to tries to find the right pass pressing that number that uh, that other number six on their side or number four depending on where he plays. So I mean, they can, can can play six for me. What's what's he good at? Um, retention of the ball under under pressure. He's good at that, and he's also good at sideways passes and backwards passes. So it's perfect for him. So yeah, he he, he, he can stay as far away as far away from the goal as possible, and I'm happy. Without sitting on the fence, telling me, "Oh yeah, genie." Nah, blood. He can stay far away from the goal. Um, he, he, he can't shoot. He, he can't pass forward. So listen, stay right there. If I play centre back, I'm good. <laughs> the, the only thing is, I won't put Thiago um, in the six because I believe that West Ham is gonna go block, and obviously Thiago yeah. is not. He's not the tallest guy in the world. I'm not too sure. I've never seen him win a header of, of any sort. I mean, I saw him win a header against Chelsea. He against 10 men, but... Mm. Oh, so... Yeah, I just... Right, Alec, fuck it up. Yes, get in. I'm just saying I wouldn't... Because it, that would give West Ham an opportunity against us, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because if they play, let's say, play Halle up front... Mm. It's, it's long firm. It's bare, long balls and that. See with that, yeah. I know what you're trying to say about Genie being that... Defensive screen. So let's go back to the Sheffield United game real quickly. I don't feel like Genie was a great defensive screen. And I feel like that's why Gomez lost a lot of headers. I've told him already. In that screen area, who would be winning the header. And then you Mm. have the second centre back to mop up or Mm. the centre back just behind to just in case anything goes over or there's an extra runner or something like that. But Genie wasn't really a great defensive screen for me. And I feel like against the bigger guy like Haller, we might be able, we might have to concede that we're going to lose headers because right now it's not just I, I think the thing with with West Ham as well it's not just Haller you've got to look out for it's Suchek as well mm, he's a big yeah. he's, he's a big lad in their midfield I'm just looking at how they I'm just looking at how they set up against um, Man City at the weekend so they played a 5-4-1 which is probably more of a 3-5-1 uh, so uh, Fabianski in goal, uh, Kufal at right back, who's fairly decent. Uh, Balbuena, Ogbonna, Cresswell as a left-sided centre back, which seems to be working quite well for them. Masuaku, uh, they also had Pablo Fornells, who is just the most, the maddest footballer I've ever seen. 
Um, Declan Rice, Suchek as a uh, midfield two. Jared Bowen popping up on the right-hand side and Mikel Antonio up front. Uh, they also had a, a diabolical cameo from <laughs> Andre Yarlenko when he came on. It's yeah. possibly one of the worst substitutes appearances I've ever seen. Um, and obviously Halle came on for Mikel Antonio when he got um, when he got injured. So on paper, when you look at it, it's one of those things where okay, you look at what we're predicting as a Liverpool team. You just have more than enough. But you've seen how they've done with their resilience coming back in the past two games. It's it's one of those ones that kind of leaves it up in the air. Uh, I mean, with West Ham, like we, we, we uh, to be honest with you, if I'm just reading it on just face level, we, we should we should have enough to to overcome them. And 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 if we don't, then it, I I generally think will be a, a really bad day for our, for us and the halves, and that 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 would be the deciding factor. So it just depends on on how switched on they are. Um, defend, depends on the actually getting decent players in. I think Mark, your point on on uh. Genie was a little bit unfair. I'm actually going to back him this time. On last week, I'm going to Sheffield United only because there was only two man in midfield. So with three man in midfield, it's like two man in midfield. You could you could argue it's both him and Hendo's job to, to, to be a screen for the defense. But with three man in midfield, just say just leave the onus on him and let's see how he how he fares. But also there will also be um, Thiago hopefully if fit and then Hendo on the left as well or on the right rather. So yeah, let's let's see let's see how that goes in it. But on, honestly, on a whole, we should have enough to to to, to see past this West Ham team and do what Man City couldn't and win. And yeah. all Friday, the Opot should be dropping. So I'll do a little tactical deep dive. Oh. We'll all have our predictions. We'll all have little comments in there. So that be something on the Patreon for you guys. Should be free this time as well. So look out for that. Yeah, so do, do be on the lookout for that on our Twitter feed. And of course, if you do love what you're hearing from us here at Copy and Fracas, please head over to www.patreon.com forward slash Copy and Fracas. And from as little as £3 a month, you'll get access to such things such as Mark's Upwatch, which is now famous, world-renowned, the world-renowned Upwatch, if you will. And of course, uh, you'll also get uh, some access in some packages to the post-match pods and all of the great con- Patreon content that we are producing for you guys. Uh, but yeah, Gents, thank you very much for joining me on this late, late, the late night edition of Coffee and Fracas uh, as we record this uh, at half eleven on Tuesday evening. So uh, it's well past uh, Ellis's bedtime. That's why we're logging off. Need to get his rest, man. Um, so yeah, from all of us here at Coffee and Fracas, we will see you soon. to ride metro we want you to know we're ready for you here are just a few of the people at metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe we're cleaning like never before we're hospital grade cleaning you'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the metro no mask no metro need one we have a few extras at metro we're doing our part to keep the dc area moving find out more at wamata.com doing our part 
Sports Social Podcast Network.